Hey, Christ community, how you doing? We good? Can we say thanks to these guys? Yeah, let's say thank you to them for leading us in worship. We're gonna hear from them a little bit more here in a couple minutes. Um, if I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. Really glad to be with you today. Thanks for being part of our worship services. Those of you who are here in the room, those of you who are with us online, really excited that we get to be together. Um, if you're new, we would love to meet you. So if you're, you're new and you're in the room, Two ways you could help us with that. One is the QR code on the seat back in front of you. If you'd use your phone, and you will, that'll take you to our action page. Use the digital connect card there, and um, we'll get your information that way. Or if you're in the room, you could just stop by the welcome desk on your way out, and we can meet you there. We have a gift for you if you'll give us your contact information. Those of you who are online, if you click the connect button, um, we will, that'll take you to our digital connect page as well, and you can let us know you're worshiping with us. What we'll do with your information, we're gonna reach out to you. And the real purpose of us reaching out to you is if we could help you in some way, if we could pray for you, any questions we could answer for you, if we could serve you, we would love to do that. And so you could help us with that. It'd be a great chance for us to meet each other. So thanks for doing that for us. Thanks for helping us in that way. So um, the answer to the first question on your mind right now, looking at me, is like, did Daryl get sun today? And the answer is like, yeah, I've been in the sun this weekend. And the second question, because you care about me, is does it hurt? And the answer's a little bit. So like, I'm doing all right though, bright red up here today, but really thrilled to be with you. Um, I love this series that we started last week. It's called Free From, Free To. And we're talking through a book of the Bible. It's the oldest letter in the Bible in the New Testament called Galatians. And, And what Galatians is about is about the freedom that God wants to give to people. And so the point of this whole series is about you and me being able to receive the freedom that God wants to give to us and for us to be able to live in that in meaningful ways. So last week we started in Galatians chapter one and we talked about how God is setting us, he's setting us free from this present evil age to live in the grace of Christ. And it was just a huge celebration what he's doing for us. And if you missed it, I encourage you to go back to our website, go to our website and watch that message. I think it'll be really encouraging to you, really helpful for you today. We're gonna talk, it's, it's one of the most, it's from Galatians chapter two, it's one of the most famous Bible verses. So if you're new to church, like new to coming around this kind of stuff, like you need to know this is one of the most famous Bible verses. If you've grown up in these things, at some point a Sunday school teacher said, hey, you should memorize this, you're wanna, if you were in a wanna, like you memorized this verse. This is one of the most famous Bible verses that there is for very good reason. So we're gonna explore this, this famous Bible verse together today a little bit. And I know it's gonna be, it's gonna be encouraging and it's gonna be helpful. And, and if, we will, if we will listen to this verse and take these things to heart, our lives will be better and they will have a greater impact. So let's, like, let's just jump into this and let me put Galatians chapter two, verse 20 on the screen for you and, and we'll read this together. So in Galatians chapter two, verse 20, the apostle Paul writing about himself, but something that's available to people like you and me, He says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So this, this series is titled Free From, Free To, and we're talking about what God has set us free from and what he's setting us free to live in. And so in this verse, what we get to experience, what we learn is that God is setting us free from a life of doing my best and setting us free to living by faith. 
Now, I, I need to like, I need to walk into that like free from doing my best thing just a little bit with you because like on the one hand, I'm all for doing your best. Marie and I have four kids, they're grown now, but when they were growing up, we used to always tell them, we expect perfection, but we'll settle for your best efforts, right? And like, if, if something happened, if they fell short in some way, the question we always had for them was like, hey, did you do your best? And if they said yes, they did their best, then we would encourage them to like, you know, learn from what you, learn from what happened, live with the result, like let's just go forward in all this. And, and so, so on one hand, I'm like all for this idea of, of doing my best, but you never really, like you could do your best, but you can't like always measure up. And, and God, is, God is our heavenly father. So like, you have a heavenly parent and, and his, his standard for you is perfection. And it's, it's not a joke, and since it's not a joke, it may seem like unattainable and maybe even harsh or severe, but, but it's not, not in any way. God's standard for you and for me is perfection because, because he's perfect. And so for him to have any other standard for us would be for him to, to deny himself, to deny who he is, and so his standard for us is perfection because he's perfect. And he knows about you and me that we're not perfect. And as he looks at us and sees us not perfect, he's also, he's perfect, he's perfect in love and he's perfect in compassion. And so what he has done for us is he has, he is offering us a way to measure up to his standard of perfection. Now I used a really important word there about he is, he is offering to us a way to measure up to his standard. That means he's giving us something, and if somebody is giving you something, then you have to receive it. And so he is, he is giving us, he's offering us a way to measure up to his standard of perfection. We have to receive it from him, and people like you and me, we, we don't wanna receive stuff. We wanna achieve things. We want to, we want to earn it. We want to deserve it, and so, so what we end up doing is we end up doing our best. We end up doing our best. And, and we, do, we do the best we can, and, and deep inside, we know that we're falling short, and we can't help it, and we feel bad about that, and so kind of the way we cope is we, we look around at the people around us, and we're saying, hey, okay, so I haven't achieved the standard of perfection, but I'm doing better then, and, and we, we kind of cover that that feeling of falling short with looking around and saying, okay, I, I'm not here, but I'm not as bad as them, right? And, so, and so, so at the end of this doing my best kind of life, there's a lot of, there's a lot of exhaustion, a lot of sense of failure of, of knowing that we haven't, like that we haven't measured up. It's, it's really no way to live. And what God is offering to do for people like you and me is to, to release us from doing our best into living by faith. Now, there's this irony, and I'm gonna talk to you in just a minute about what living by faith looks like, but there's this irony in, in being free from doing your best and free to living by faith. So as we think about the irony, the doing my best life, here's the doing my best life, it looks impressive and it seems important. The doing my best life, it looks impressive and it seems important, but the glory of that fades really fast. 
The living by faith life actually looks small and seems insignificant, but its impact grows into eternity. And so, and so it's kind of exactly the opposite of what you might think sitting in church when we're talking about doing my best versus living by faith. The truth of the matter is that doing, doing my best life actually looks most impressive. But, but the glory of that fades fast. The living by faith life, it looks small and insignificant. Like who would wanna do that? And, and what happens is that living by faith life, it, it moves deep into eternity. So a couple weeks ago, Marie and I were on our way home from visiting our kids down in Oklahoma. And we got behind this truck that was carrying these firewood length logs and they were big, like they were impressive logs and they were all hollow. And just for a minute, we were kind of talking about like that tree, what that tree must have been like that these logs were from. And I was thinking about, you know, that tree at one point, that tree was huge and it was impressive. And people looked at it and were like, wow, like look at that tree. And, and what was happening on that tree on the inside, something was going on on the inside. It was the weight of the tree, it was disease, it was the pressure of life. Some, that, that tree was rotting and here the end of the tree is, it, like it's gone and it's firewood and it's just this hollow logs going down the highway to wherever they're gonna go. That's, that's really a good illustration of the doing my best kind of life. There's a, there's a season where it looks amazing. It looks impressive. It looks like it's, it's all together. It looks like it's gonna last and, and it doesn't. It doesn't last, and the Apostle Paul, who wrote this verse for us about being crucified with Christ and freed from doing his best and getting to live by faith, his life is actually a really good illustration of this irony. So, so at the beginning of his life, he had, like, he had a lot of opportunity and he had a lot of competency. And so he was a guy who was in the best schools and he was the best student and he was ahead of everybody else. And when he was young, he was on the fast track and everybody knew his name. And he was, he was growing in wealth and he was growing in prestige. He was sought out, like people wanted to know who he was and they wanted to know him and they wanted to hear him. Like he was a famous guy and he was, he was super religious at a time when being really religious, like being good at religion, made you powerful in the culture, and so he had power and he had influence. Like he was impressive. And then he met Jesus. And when he met Jesus, that encounter for him was so personal and it was so deep and it was so powerful and he was set free by Jesus from this doing my best kind of life and set free to live by faith. And when he got set free to live by faith, you know what happened? This guy who was rich, he suddenly became poor. And this guy who was, who was sought after, now he's, kinda, he's pushed away. And the guy who was famous and growing in his fame, like now he's infamous. He, it was a total upside down for him. He gave up everything. Like it, from the outside looking in, he lost it all. He had, this, he had this amazing, impressive, like straight trajectory going and, and when he was released from the doing my best, his life looked really small. 
And, and if you look at the biography of his life, you might, you might wonder, like, okay, so why would, why would a guy be willing to trade that? Like, why, would, why would we wonder about doing, like, why would you turn loose to doing my best if, if my life's gonna go so upside down? But here's the amazing thing to me in all this. So this guy who went from being rich to being poor and being sought after to being pushed away, this guy who looked like he had it all, had the world by the tail, and all of a sudden now he spends most of the rest of his life hunted and in jail and persona non grata, most of the places that he went. Like, why would we be talking about this? Here's, if you look at the biography of his life, his peers in the doing my best kind of life, we know some of their names. You know why we know some of their names? Because they're mentioned in the biography of the Apostle Paul's life. They, like we, we have his biography. Here we are 2,000 plus years later paying close attention to the way he lived and listening to the words that he wrote and those other guys, their lives look so big and so impressive in the moment, but they're the hollow logs. Like their life was the hollow log. The only reason we know some of their names is because the Apostle Paul, it's just this totally upside down thing, the living by faith life for him, it makes the biggest difference into eternity. So it kind of reminds me of, one of the things on my bucket list is I wanna see the source of the Mississippi River. How many of you have seen the source of the Mississippi River? I know where it is, right? So yeah, so a number of you have seen the source of the Mississippi River. It's Lake Itasca up there. So I have actually, like, we're from the south, and so I have actually fished in the Mississippi Delta, where the Mississippi River dumps into the Gulf of Mexico. It is it is awesome, that river is awesome, and we have crossed it in St. Louis, and we've seen it at Pepin and other places here, and, and it, what's hard to believe, it's hard to believe is that little trickle of water coming out of Lake Itasca, that, that just a little ways down, it becomes this massive, life-giving, life-sustaining river that really helps propel and move an entire continent along. And, and that's a good illustration of living by faith. The people who would, who would walk away from the, the doing my best kind of life and embrace a living by faith life, like it's, it's gonna look like you've just traded everything, but what has happened is you've traded short term, just a few minutes, looks really good and impressive, but glory fades fast, and embraced what maybe looks like it's a little upside down and I'm not so sure, it's just a small little trickle, but it becomes a life-giving, life-sustaining way of being that makes a difference and impact into eternity. And so, so that's really what we're considering today, of being willing to be set free from doing our best and the impressiveness of that in the moment and embracing living by faith so that we can experience a life that matters, a life that makes a big, lasting difference in the lives of other people, not just for a few minutes, but for, for all of eternity. And that's really, that's really what we're considering as we look at this last verse in Galatians chapter two. So, so I need to catch you up because we talked about Galatians chapter one last week and we're at the end of Galatians chapter two this week. So let me, let me catch us up a little bit. Most of Galatians chapter two is actually the report of conflict that the Apostle Paul had with the Apostle Peter. So these are two giants of the faith and they both had embraced living by faith and said yes to that. And Peter, Peter had begun to drift from that 
living by faith and he was going back into doing my best kind of religion and he was taking other people with him and it was creating chaos, spiritual chaos for, for people that were in their mutual circle. And so the Apostle Paul confronts him about it because they love each other and because they love the people that they're serving. And so Peter needs to be confronted. And so in that confrontation, he really says three things to the Apostle Peter. So I just catch us up. You guys can read through it later in Galatians 2 if you'd like to. But he makes these three points, and these kind of lead us into Galatians 2.20, the verse we read at the beginning. So the first point that he makes is you are only free through faith in Jesus. And when Paul's writing this out, he uses two big theological Bible words. The first is justified. And what justified is justified is a legal term. It's a statement that a judge makes when somebody is, like they're found not guilty, you're free to go. Just, justified is when, when the judge, in this case God, looks at a person without regard for guilt or innocence, right, in the moment, because we all know we're guilty, but God looks at people and still says, you're free to go. And the word righteous, it's, it means right. You're right, you're, you're in right relationship with God, you're in right relationship with other people, and God looks at you, he doesn't see somebody who's wrong, somebody who's fallen short, somebody who's off base. He sees somebody who, from his standard of perfection, is right. And so we're only free, justified, or righteous through faith in Jesus, and that's a great reminder. Doesn't come, doesn't come by doing our best, following rules, trying to figure it out, like it doesn't come that way. It comes through faith in Jesus. The second thing that he talks about, misusing your spiritual freedom, you're free in Jesus, misusing your spiritual freedom has deep spiritual consequences. And that's, that's whether you're somebody who is, if you were with us last week, we talked about how we all struggle, it's human struggle to live in freedom. We, we drift back to like, I need, a, I need some rules to obey, I need some boxes to check, somebody please, please tell me what to do. Like some, of us, some of us drift back into, we want, we want somebody to give us the rules, and some of us say, freedom, right? So like, hey, rules are made to be broken, I'm that kind of person, and, and living without restraint. Either way, either way, misusing your spiritual freedom has deep spiritual consequences. And then the last little point he makes in their confrontation over, over doing your best versus living by faith, the last thing he says is the only way forward, the only way forward for people like you and me, the only way forward is to be united with Christ. If that's a new little phrase, united with Christ, I, like I'd encourage you to just remember that one, to hang on to that one. It's an important little phrase, it's an important little concept. What happens, if you're a believer in Jesus, you're a believer in Jesus, one of the things that happened to you when you put your trust in Jesus is you were united to him. Like you are, you are brought into, you are, you are united to Jesus. And a great illustration of that, a great picture of that is baptism. We're having baptisms this weekend, Sunday at 12.30 at Foster Aarons. We've got nine or 10 people who are, who are declaring their faith in Jesus through baptism. And what baptism is a picture of, baptism is a picture of being united with him. And so when somebody gets baptized, they go under the water. And, and what that's a picture of is being united with Jesus in his death on the cross and his burial. 
And then when they come up out of the water, that's a picture of them being united with him in his resurrection from the dead and, and being free to walk in, an, in a new way of life. No longer trying to do my best, now I'm free to live by faith. And so, so you've been united with Christ. And so knowing this, that you're only free through faith in Christ, misusing your spiritual freedom has deep spiritual consequences. And the only way forward for people like us is to be united with Jesus, then we jump into this really famous, really important verse of scripture. So the apostle Paul writes this for people like you and me. He says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Okay, so not, like, not literally physically crucified with Jesus because Jesus was literally and physically hung on a cross. Like they, they took him and they nailed him, the Roman government nailed him to a cross. That was their way of executing people in that day. They were in charge. Jesus was literally and physically nailed to a cross. This is, this is a spiritual and figurative crucifixion. I have been crucified with Christ and, and he's talking about the person I was before I met Jesus. The person who, the person who lived by the rules and followed, like, tried to follow and checked all the boxes as best I could, that person, the person who, who lives without restraint, who looks like I'm just, I'm, I'm doing it on my own, I'm, on, I'm off on my own way, that person. And most of us have a little bit of both of those things in it. The person I was before I met Jesus was united to him in his crucifixion. I have been crucified with Christ. For Paul, as he's thinking about it, we can trace back to chapter one to some things that he said about himself. In chapter one, verse 10 and 13, verse 14, he says about himself before Jesus, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. For you've heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, who I was before Jesus. You've heard of this, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my father, who I was before Jesus. I was a performer. I was a pleaser. I was doing it my own way. And that part of me, like that part of me is dead. I'm free, I'm free from living the agenda and the approval of other people. I'm set free from that. I have been crucified with Christ. The old me is no longer alive. And then he says, but Christ lives in me. But Christ lives in me. And this is the reason, this is the reason that God can look at imperfect people like you and me his standard is perfection because he is perfect. His standard has not moved. He, he is perfect in love and in compassion and knows that we need something. And so what he has given us is Jesus. And when we put our trust in Jesus, we are united to him and he lives in us. And so when God looks at people like you and me who have Jesus living in us, he doesn't see the old you. The old you is dead. Like the old you has been crucified with Jesus and instead of seeing the old you that doesn't meet the standard, he sees Jesus who, who perfectly meets the standard. And so Christ lives in me and this is a celebration because, because of Jesus, I now measure up. 
The old me is dead. I no longer, that guy crucified. And now Christ lives in me and the life that I now live in this body, my walking around, breathing, interacting with other people, what I pursue, this life that I live in the body, I live by faith. Faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. As so he's talking about the direction of his life, the purpose of his life, his priorities, his passions, the energy that life requires. Paul says, hey, I don't look to myself for any of that stuff anymore. I don't look, I don't look, I don't look deep within myself, who I used to be for passion or priority. I don't like bring all the energy that I've got to this deal. Christ lives in me and the life I now live, I live by faith in, in him. And he loved me and he gave himself for me. And, and he's trusting, it's trust, faith and trust, those are relationship words. These are relationship words. Christ is alive, his resurrection from the dead and he lives in me. And so I get the opportunity to see his, his direction, his priority, his passions for my life and I get the opportunity to experience his energy to live all that out. And, and I get to choose to walk by, I get to live by faith to trust him to, to set the right direction, to trust him to give me the priorities and the passion for my life that will extend into eternity, to trust him for the energy that I need to accomplish what he is putting in front of me. This is a relational trust. The life I now live, I live by faith. I'm in relationship, united to Son of God, who loved me and who gave himself for me. And, and he is, in this, Jesus is, you can trust his direction and his passions and his priority for your life because he loves you. Because he loves you. He, does, he, doesn't, he doesn't love himself and use you. He, he allows you to participate in his life because he loves you. And, and you get to be part of the stuff that he's doing. And you can trust him with his direction, the passion, priorities, and the energy for your life, not only because he loves you, but because he is the son of God. That's, those are two very important things. Not only that he loves you, but that as the son of God, he is able to deliver on the promises that he makes. He's trustworthy. And so the life that we could live by faith, we live by faith in the Son of God who loves us and who has given himself for us. So let me kind of wrap all this up and hopefully summarize what we've talked about in a way that'll help you find freedom that God wants to give to you. So here's, here's a few things, and I think they're more practical than they look on the screen. So the first one is to receive Jesus' love. If you're gonna be one of those people, if you're gonna be one of those people who's gonna, I'm just gonna keep doing my best. I'm just gonna keep doing my best. You're gonna constantly fall short. You're gonna live in spiritual exhaustion. You, you may figure out how to be better than some people who are around you in your life. Like you, you can kind of take some solace in all of that, but you'll know deep down inside, you'll know. You'll know that you're, your life doesn't measure up. And, and you can do that, like you can walk that road until you find out that it, it's no way to live. And when you're ready, when you're ready, you just receive the love that, 
that Jesus has for you. He loves you and he demonstrates his love for you by he was willing to die on a cross. He, he did not deserve to die and you did, I did, and he loves us and he died on the cross in our place and, and that love is yours and mine for the, just for the receiving. And so you could receive his love for you and then that second one is to, to rest in his perfection. And again, if you're a do-it-myself kind of person, man, this is a, this is a tough thing to rest in Jesus' perfection. You do not have to be perfect. You can't, but let me just relieve you of the pressure you put on yourself anyway. You do not have to be perfect. Jesus was perfect for you. And he, he offers his perfection to you. Like he's measured up, he's met every standard perfectly. And he says you can, like you can participate in that and you could just, you could just rest in that. And then this third part, like as, as you're doing those two things of receiving his love and resting in his perfection, you gotta let your inner pleaser performer die again and again. And that sounds severe, and I know it is, it, like it is, it's severe. I've been crucified with Christ. The old you, the pleaser, the performer, the doing my best person. That person is, if you're a believer in Jesus, if you're trusting in him, that person has been nailed to the cross. You need to let that person die. That person needs to die. There are deep spiritual consequences if you keep resuscitating the old you. Let your inner pleaser, your inner performer, let, let that part of you die as you're receiving the love that Jesus has for you and resting in his perfection and let the inner performer die. And then this last piece here is to, to live by faith. To live by faith. I'm gonna say this and, and please like, listen carefully to me. Living by faith is not just trusting Jesus as your savior and then going on about your life. It's not. If it, trusting Jesus as your savior is part of living by faith. But if you trust Jesus as your savior and then just go on about your life, you are not living by faith. This is relationship. This is a relational encouragement to live by faith. Living by faith, one of the things that Marie and I, we say, we say this in the Holden family and we remind ourselves of this pretty regularly, following Jesus is an adventure. Living by faith is, is about letting Jesus set the priorities and the agenda for my life. It's about, it's about how do my passions align with his passions. It's about where does he want me to go? What does he want me to do? When does he want all of that to happen? How does he want that to, like it, this, is, this, is a, this is a journey where we entrust ourselves to the one who has loved us perfectly and allows us to rest in his perfection. Marie's reading this book right now called Tangible Kingdom and she's really enjoying it because, because every two or three minutes she reads me another quote from it. So that's how you know somebody you're sitting next to is enjoying a book and I didn't get permission to share that with you. So like, I'm really in trouble maybe this weekend. But she said something to me today and I just wrote it down because this, this to me is, this is what we're talking about. The question, here's the question, I think this is a great question. What if Jesus trimmed down your Christian experience to just his priorities for your life? What if Jesus trimmed down your Christian experience to just his priorities for your life? Could you handle that? Would you, 
Would you say yes? Like that's what living by faith in the Son of God who, who loved you and who gave himself for you, that's living by faith, is I'm letting Jesus, like I'm getting on his page. I'm on his mission. I see people the way he sees people. I move towards people the way he moved towards people. I give my life to others the way he gives his life to others. I let him do what he's gonna do. That's, that's living by faith. So the band's coming out. And in just a minute, we're gonna sing a song. That's, it's a song of I trust God. <laughs> that, that's, that's the message of the song. I trust him. I trust him. And so, so what I hope this moment is for you, this is, this is a surrender moment where, where you just let the performer, the pleaser, the, the doing my best, you let that person die. Like just, they, they're united with Christ in his death, let them die. Like just let them die. The doing my best person, let that person die. And the, the living by faith person, the living by faith person that is Jesus in you. This is your moment to say, I'm trusting him. I am, I am, I'm accepting the release that God wants to give me from doing my best. And I'm gonna walk and live by faith in the son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. So I'm gonna pray for us and, and then after I say amen, the band's gonna play and sing and this is, this is your song of commitment. So would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for the freedom that we find over and over again in Jesus. Jesus, we're grateful for your, your perfect love for us, that, that you share all of who you are with us if we'll receive it. And so in this moment, would you rescue us again from our natural tendency to just do our best and, and live in the exhaustion of all that? And would you set us free to live by faith? We say yes to the freedom that you're giving to us. We say yes to your perfect agenda for our lives, to your perfect strength to live it out. We trust you. And so we pray these things in your name. Amen.
you're a believer in Jesus, the life you live, you live by faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. And that's a life worth living. So if you need somebody to pray with you and you're here in the room, well, our prayer team will be down front. It'd be a great privilege to be able to pray for you, pray with you. It doesn't have to be about anything we talked about today. It could be stuff that's going on in your life. If you're watching us online, if you hit the pray button, that'll take you to our prayer team and we would love the opportunity to pray with you as well. So may God bless you guys. I'm really grateful we got to be together. Um, I love you. Hope you have a great weekend. I'll see you next week.